Good morning, Faith Fellowship. It is great to uh, see you all. Uh, If you have your Bible, we'll be turning to Acts chapter 15. You know that um, we're kind of we're going to really not get very far today. Um, Again, you know, I like to joke from time to time that uh, just learning from Sam, the uh, slow down. And it is good to do that. You really you really should sometimes just take time through the scripture. Um, so yeah, it's going to be 32 years for Acts, I think for us, <laughs> if it's 36 for Genesis for him. Right. Uh, and really it's just, it's the third verse and it's because the third verse seems like it is a little like, why, well, why is that here? If we read this, we could read one, two, and four, and it would make total sense without verse three. And so now that's why you got to look at why is this in here then? Right. And so let's just let's just read this and we'll read up. We'll we'll go on to uh, all the way to verse five. And and it says, and certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. And when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenice and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. But there arose up certain other sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law. And it just goes on to say, you know how this is going to go. There is a council that's going to be. Uh, Peter's going to weigh in. James is going to weigh in. He's going to give Paul and Barnabas an opportunity in order for this situation to be resolved. But going back to verse three, and it says it's mentioning these two places and then an effect of what is happening with these Gentiles and the fact that it says, and they cause great joy unto uh, our brethren. And so I have here for our title is what is our cause? There is something about this that I think that it just punched me in the face. And I I need to kind of give a a little report. So you guys were praying for me. Um, Remember, I was saying that I was going to get an opportunity to to share the gospel clearly with that Dallas Bible study, Marlene and and Letty Cortez. Marlene is not a Cortez. It's Letty and then her husband, Cortez, and then Marlene. I don't know what Marlene's last name is. But anyway, um, they were... The ones that in the Bible study last time that we met, Marlene asked the question that she saw in in John three, this um, that it was that you need baptism. And I asked, I said, hey, baptism as a result of like salvation. And she was like, yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you said that, you know, and it's like it just my head is like firing like all crazy. And so we kind of looked at some things at that time just to show like. This is a spiritual conversation that Jesus is having, and there's a fleshly processing that Nicodemus in terms of how he's understanding it. And so I said, hey, we'll come back to this and revisit that. Well, we did this past Thursday. And um, I'm mentioning this just in terms of what is our cause, because this joy that's mentioned in verse three, I was so excited about this opportunity that I thought the Thursday before was, so I called Angela. I didn't see anybody on Zoom. I'm like, Angela, 
send me the link. I don't have a link. And what's going on? And she was like, oh, I'm at my son's uh, Taekwondo and he's getting a medal. Like it's not, it's next week. I mean, that's how thrilled I was about that. And I mean, nervous a little, sweating bullets, asking the Lord, please make me clear. There, I'm telling you, this thing about what is our cause is, is like eating me up this morning because a little bit what I think that we're doing, we're slipping into, I'm, I'm just on autopilot. It, it changed my day for that Thursday. And then my days leading up to it in terms of what I was praying to the Lord about. And it wasn't that I was so excited about how I was going to do it. It was the reception is the thing I was the most concerned about. So I only really wanted it to be clear so that it was clear for them to be able to make a decision. In this verse, it says, and being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles. And they caused great joy unto all the brethren. You could just look at as a contrast. Why does this not cause great joy in Antioch? It causes questions. They're going to another place that it was to the Jews only. We're going to see that earlier. And I mean, like way earlier. All the way back, you got to remember, I don't know, that was 2020, <laughs> I think, when we were in Acts 8 and 11. All the way back is kind of what these, these times are referencing that we need to look at. And so these guys are, they've been out there kind of on their own. And they're encouraged by what is happening with the Gentiles. So the question really has to be is, man, do we have that kind of joy? Are we that encouraged? Do we love to hear that, that people are investing the word of God in other individuals and they're sharing the gospel and that some are get saved? And, or is it just kind of like, because that's what we do here, that's just what we do. And we're over it. There's no fervor. So I'm quick to forget to pray for you to have utterance and boldness. That's, man, that's problematic. We're not going to get whatever it is that, that God is highlighting and showing us from Paul's example. We're not going to get it until we understand our heart. There's something to that that we cannot miss. Our context, obviously, we know, I've, I've mentioned it, Paul and Barnabas are on their way to Jerusalem to discuss the need for circumcision among the Gentiles. And so if you just simply broke down that word, you may be tripping up on the fact that it says and being brought on their way by the church. It just simply means that they're being accompanied. There is a team going to handle this issue. There is an agreement there that one, it is needful to do so. And they deem it worthy that they need to move forward in faith in this way that I, I love at least the, the unity that is amongst that, because we understand that there was kind of a disunifying issue. It's a big issue. It's so big. You have to understand this fitting in acts is a huge doctrinal point. If I'm going to put all these hangers on the gospel, then it's going to be like a jungle gym for you to get saved. That's a problem. 
That's why it's here. That's why it is being highlighted so that we can understand one, looking back, the Lord is already thinking about our eyes and our focus attending upon this so that we understand, man, it is a straight path to the Lord. It doesn't have all of these curves and switchbacks, straight path. And so there are some things that I want to point out. And then I, I kind of want to go back into a time of prayer just because, again, if we're, man, listen, my heart, my vision for you is shepherds and evangelists. There is no way that that is going to happen in this class if we don't get this. No way. We will just play at it. We will just sit in here and enjoy each other and we'll have a, a few little events from time to time throughout the year. We'll watch our kids grow up and graduate and we'll still be in class with zero fruit. I, guys, please know <laughs> that's not okay. And it's not okay for us to have um, that happen. And so Let's get into it a little bit. Let me see. We saw this already. And uh, now I want to go back to this just to clarify some things. And so you can look at it before we get into kind of the, the message here. But just to pay attention to this, Phoenice, and why this is such a big doctrinal issue. Um, Phoenice and Samaria, as it were. That first one we're going to look at when it's talking about past, obviously, is, is saying of these two things. One, Philip's preaching in Samaria, and the other is Paul's or Peter's retelling, excuse me, to the church in Jerusalem of what happened in Joppa. Okay, so if you guys kind of remember that, these are some very critical moments. And so if you would actually turn in your Bibles back to this spot, because it's just so meaty, like we can't just, I'm just giving you the flavor of this. But these verses up here say, Acts 8, 14 through 17. Now, when the apostles, were, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as it yet was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on him, and they received the Holy Ghost. Now, the reason I wanted you to go back there and look at that is this will jog your memory. If you remember... And let's say, up higher, yeah, verse 4, nope, higher, <laughs> let's just start in verse 1. So there, just in terms of the context and the importance, in verse 1 it says, and Saul was consenting unto his death. Now, I, well, don't you think for Paul, this is a very interesting visit for him. He is a part of the, the on some level, the rock drawers to kill Stephen, consenting unto their death. And as a result of that event, there's a scattering for the believers. Like he, like there's a part of that where he helped the scattering part of it. He could like, He's okay with what happened to Stephen. Like, man, stop his mouth with rocks. And agrees. Let's read the rest of it. And Saul was consenting unto his death. 
And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. You see that? Like if he, if that event, which he's a part of, doesn't ha- like there's a scatter. Now the Lord surely would have scattered them a different way, but he used this. The gospel has taken root. That's why I'm saying, you know, okay, because Paul mentions this later on in Acts, just in terms of what happened with Stephen, like this is not something that he forgot. It is a big deal to him. I think he is embarrassed by it and he's ashamed of it. And so for this visit to go to some of the places that result, that benefited from that scattering, probably for him is he feels a way about it. Verse two, and devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering to every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching a word. And then our boy, the evangelist. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and they were lame and were healed. And there was great joy in that city. It's interesting that in verse three of Acts chapter 15, that there was great joy with those guys now. And then there's great joy back then. These are a joyous people. And it's not something that we should just so flippantly look at, especially looking at the fact that Saul (laughs) is a scatterer. His fame is so infamous that we need to depart. And now here it is, because this is how incredible the Lord is. A 180 degree version of him gets to go back and root instead of scatter. Isn't that, isn't, I mean, let's just go home. You know, that's just, that's so good. Man, get, allows them to take root. And so again, I just wanted to have you to put your eyes on it. Now, the reason that Peter and John needed to show up is because you see, we hadn't gotten to the point where Paul and Barnabas had been sent out by the Holy Spirit and things structurally were still going through Jerusalem. So you have to understand something in terms of just what's happening. Yes, we can track even through the gospels that there are people that are putting their trust in Jesus Christ, getting saved as we would say. But in terms of that indwelling of the Holy Spirit, this is a thing that we really don't see until you get to Acts. So it's like tricky doctrine through here. So you never want to really try to make any uh, (laughs) doctrinal decisions that are like, I'm going to change the way I think based off of what you read and Acts. you better probably do a lot of studying because you will come up in the crazy town pretty easy. And a lot of people do. Okay. So you have to see that this is tricky ground. We're not yet truly footed in this spot until we get to Acts 14, 27. He's going to say something about the door open to the Gentiles. That's different. Okay. So when we see Basically, there's a sorcerer that shows up. It's kind of a parallel to what Paul had to deal with. And so there's some, a hold that he kind of has on the, on the uh, city. Now, this guy, remember, he falsely, really just because he's looking at what Peter's capable of doing, that he wants the power. 
really just to use it for his own devices, right? And, um, and so this is what triggers the church in Jerusalem sends Peter and John to, hey, kind of look into this. Now, remember, this is tricky. Do Israelites and Sumerians really get along? No, they do not. Do they see them? Do Israelites see Sumerians as less than them? So you understand, like, this is a big deal for the church to be sending Peter and John. Again, these are cats that would have had super Jew on, on T-shirts, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, they are about it. They love it, right? They love everything they are and how and God has made them the chosen people, all of that. They love all of that. But here they are going. There's no resistance. And they go down. And so you can see something that the Lord is like tiptoeing this great truth for the Gentiles through these early chapters. This is so early, guys, that we're talking about approximately AD 35. Where we are now in Acts 15, it's like AD 50. It's a long time ago that we're talking about the Lord tiptoeing through that. Okay, so you got your your head there. And again, I, I just wanted you to see that importance that this, this chain has been moving slowly, but surely there's still been a kingdom of heaven focus still up to this point. Cause even still, if what is happening to the Gentiles would make Israel nationally come to a, a saving faith, the Lord still would have seated himself on the throne. But what we see happens is that doesn't happen. Like they don't, they're not happy with it, right? And so they're having trouble with it, which is why, again, to Acts chapter 15, the Lord cannot have this house stand truly if we're not on the same page. The church going forward will have to be on the same page concerning these matters. Do not tie the Gentiles up with circumcision physically. It's happened spiritually. You see what I'm saying? And so there's this big deal that has to be played out. And so you see this installment there. Now, let's look at Peter's, which I believe will be the uh, 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 Acts. Oh, wait a minute. This is out of order. My, my apologies. Maybe we don't have that up here. Let me go back for a second. My apologies. So I want you to look now at Acts 11, because or uh, eight, yeah, 11, just so we can see uh, Peter's deal. Okay, so Peter and John get involved there very early, AD 35. That scattering <laughs> caused by something that, you know, the Sanhedrin and Saul being a part of that. And remember, we are now visiting a place, telling them what's happening with the Gentiles. And with great joy, this is being received. Now, this is really interesting in Acts 11 because, okay, we're going all the way down to 19 and 20. And it mentions this again, but this is a, a, a pretty critical. Now, this is Peter kind of giving, you know, his story up above of what happened at, uh, at Joppa. And just so we can kind of, you know, reacquaint ourselves with that story as well. Let's look at verse five. So this is the point. This is the retelling part of it. And Acts chapter 10 is where you actually see this take place. But you can see in verse four, it says, but Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning. Okay, so now he's just retelling what happened. And it says there, 
that uh, Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, a certain vessel descended, and it, as it had been a great sheep let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even to me. Now, remember, obviously, you know, I've made crude, stupid jokes <laughs> about this is where the Lord is like, open the buffet line up, and he's like, man, go down, go to the buffet, knock yourself out. Um, of those of you that maybe don't know that <laughs> you got to be kind of older <laughs> to know go buffet. Um, but so now he's kind of opening this up because again, remember this is the super Jew t-shirt. The Lord is like, uh, actually, I kind of want you to take that t-shirt off. Like I want you to just get Christian t-shirt, Jewish Christian. <laughs> you could say that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And so there's this thing that the Lord is unraveling, undoing in him. And uh, you see, it says there, um, let's see, that a certain vessel descended, verse eight. But I said, not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, what God hath cleansed, thou call not thou common. And this was done three times, and all were drawn up again to heaven. And behold, immediately there were three men already coming to the house where I was sent from Caesarea unto me. And the spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me and we entered into the man's house. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and thy house shall be saved. And, and men, dudes preaching, see what happened. Verse 15, the Holy Ghost fell on them. As on us, at the beginning, the beginning of what? For us, that's Acts chapter 2, <laughs> you know. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus, what was I that I could withstand God? Amen, Peter. That's exactly the right heart. And so then now it says something interesting. If we keep going, when, when they heard these things, this is back in Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem, they held their peace and glorified God saying, then had God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Verse 19. Now they, which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that rose about Stephen. Okay. So you saw, we saw that earlier chapter eight, it says something very critical. The rest of it says, now, when they were scattered abroad in the persecution that rose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus. Have we revisited Cyprus in Acts chapter 15 up to this point? I mean, you can out loud say what you know. We have studied this. This is Acts chapter 14. Have we been to Cyprus with the gospel? <laughs> Mark's like, I don't know. <laughs> Yes, that's the Isle of Paphos and all of that. That's where they've already, they've already been. That was that other journey that they just came back from. These are the things that they're going to tell the council about what they have been doing. But look at what it says when they went. That original, that original group, Phoenice, Cyprus, and Antioch preaching a word to who? To none but the Jews only. Okay, now, super interesting that this is the scripture reference for past. It's letting you know in both cases that this group, these are, we're talking about Jewish converts only. Mm -hmm. Then I get to verse three and it says, 
that Paul and Barnabas and the group that's with him are now declaring the conversion of the Gentiles and that caused great joy in these places? Man, that's good. There must be something about that joy. There must be something about that cause. There must be something about the gospel. I think that when you are looking at this and you're seeing what God is doing and just even for my own self, realizing that in 1427, this is a great uh, doctrinal truth. Where I saw it. Where is that? Maybe we didn't get that one either. Okay, that's fine too. In Acts 14, 27, go there for a second. Just as you're turning back to 15. I might not have put that. I didn't. That's on the, on the declaring side. What is being declared? This is a very key statement in your Bible. If you have a pen or whatever, you should probably underline it. Because it says this. And when they were coming and gathered the church together, they rehearsed. This is in Antioch, Syria. Now, remember, they had Tuesday night prayer. They're just doing testimony of their mission, missionary travels. Okay. And so they're just telling it, but he says something super critical. They rehearse all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Okay. Why is this important? It's because now the Lord is really starting to close the one door where we see this kingdom of heaven idea and open the other door, the kingdom of God. We've been seeing it mentioned a lot. We see it even in the gospels, the words kingdom of God mentioned, which is a spiritual kingdom. But the thing that now is happening is, is like the Lord is wanting everybody to have it. And so it's just getting shoved open now that everybody will have access. And so it's kind of a big deal. Like you're sitting here, if you are saved this morning, you ought to thank God for 1427. Because without that verse, you don't sit here. There is something tremendous taking place. And I love that just doctrinally, we have to get our bearings to understand what it is that we're looking at as challenging as that is in Acts to do. Obviously, the epistles really clarify lines and boundaries, but it is nice just watching this narrative play out. And so now, okay, as we continue, I had to look at, I, I just had to look at this more. And it's where it says they caused because it has an effect. And this effect led me to something we passed by, but it's right here. And man, this is tearing me up, y'all. It says this in Luke 15, four through seven, and the whole thing really is good, but it's important. And it's really where we're going to get our key points and all of that, because what I, I need us to understand this kind of joy, this kind of passion, this kind of vigor for the gospel. I'm tired of really just looking at the Bible, just with my own eyes in a way like these things are beyond my comprehension. I don't have the skill set to do this. I don't have, and the Lord really just will challenge me and say, it's the want to. It's not even about skill set. In terms of tools, I have greater. I have the completed word. I have the Holy Spirit. I don't have to wait for some apostle to show up. I have a church that's going to equip me in the word of God. And so what's the hang up then? 
Because here's the thing that I was really challenged by when I was looking at this is the fact that why is it when Paul and Barnabas go and share the gospel that it comes with great power and it's like people get saved and then there's great joy. Where is that in this time for us? Why is there no revival for the most skilled group? It's not the Lord's fault. I'm just telling you. Luke 15, 4, it says, what man of you have a hundred sheep? If he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. Man, you should underline that in your Bible until he find it. And when he found it, he led it on his shoulders rejoicing. And then what does he do? And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors. And then he says unto them, rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep, which is lost. I say unto you that likewise, joy shall be in heaven. It's not only joyous on earth. It's not only joyous on Tuesday night prayer when we're sharing testimony. It's not only joyous in class when we mention it. It matters in heaven. In heaven. There's a party for one. I say unto you the likewise, verse seven, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than 90 and nine just persons which need no repentance. And so my question to myself was, why do we serve? Why do I serve? Why do I come here Sunday, every other Monday, every Tuesday, and then repeat? Here's the thing I realized. Sometimes I think we find more joy in God answering prayers about health, wealth, and relationships than we do with people coming to Christ. If I, and listen, I'm not, I know we just had our prayer lit and that you could feel a way like I'm saying something ill about, I'm not. We need to cast our care upon him. But here's the thing. There is so much excitement for job changes. Do you have fruit this year because you shared the gospel with somebody and they got saved? If not, hold that joy up until you get that. That's where the joy should truly show up. It's a thing about tasting that. It's the thing that I see in the guys that I would deem our, our best evangelists. There's an excitement with them. Man, it's just on Larry, it's on Andrew. They just, it don't matter. I don't know how many times them cats have closed this church down on Tuesday night because they're talking to somebody about the gospel. <laughs> it's like I told you, we were going out handing out the flyers and the guy, Brandon, that had only been to church twice, he heard about Evangelism Saturday, so then he decides to go. And then he's with Larry, and Larry's like, <laughs> he comes over, you know, that very Larry way. He's like, I don't think he's saved. I was like. <laughs> and then, so what does Larry do? He's sharing the gospel while taking the tracks up on the. Guys, guys. Okay. If we are truly to be evangelists, these things got to happen. We must recognize that we are stewards of everything that God has given for the promotion of the gospel. He, everything he's given us, 
the family you have, because you got to understand when it says, what man of you have a hundred sheep, that guy's a shepherd. You understand that? And as a shepherd, you are stewards. And everything that you have, those family members you have, the job you have, the community you live in, all of the, the kids you have, the spouse you have, all of those individuals, the Lord said, that's yours. Now, what are you going to do with it? Listen, it's not enough to just wake up in the morning and just try to make it through life. You've already wanted that. If you are saved, you have that. So now what are you doing with that community? It's not somebody else's job. That's your group. This man is so focused, he can recognize when one is gone. Why do you serve? Why are you doing what you're doing? Where are the invites that just to simply come from inviting somebody from some outside corner of your life into Bible study, prayer, maybe to church, introduce them to the Lord himself. No, man, we just are bogged down with just the busyness of just trying to make, we just trying to make it. This is why there's no joy in us. Because the focus is wrong. The Lord did not save you for you to just make it at that terrible job you had. That was not the goal for you to get that job. Your, jo your goal, the goal is, look, I want to put one of my little ninja kids in this place. You have light. They don't have it. Okay, find out who doesn't have it. Seek them out. How are you doing with that? This is why you're bored, you mad, you frustrated. You treat church like it's optional because there's no cause. This is the because. The because is because I'm saved. And that cause has to then translate into, I want to see salvation in the lives of all those around me, my, my sphere of influence. <laughs> Mine is kind of big, right? And so I... It helps me in terms of integrity, like we were looking at in 2 Timothy or 1 Timothy, that in kind of integrity, because if I'm about it, everybody will know. You see what I'm saying? This stuff just overlaps. <laughs> Why do we serve? Philippians 2, 3 says something. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. The issue is, is the focus is just on really sometimes like that health, wealth, and, 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 and kind of just the idea of like the advancement of your, your situation is just so you gain. That's a problem. The Lord did not save you for that purpose. It has to be, guys, that everything that you have and do, it's like Chris Best says. He says this all the time. Based, you can make good financial decisions when you say, does, what is the impact this will have on the ministry? I rem, man, I, you know, sometimes Serena and I toured the idea of moving. We like our house sometimes, and then sometimes we, you know, we're kind of like, ah, I kind of want to just set it on fire, you know? Just, <laughs> if one more thing goes wrong, I'm setting it on fire, you know? 
<laughs> and so, and so like, we're kind of in that stage. Right. And I heard Chris best and that big muscular frame of his just peacefully because he's a gentle giant and just go, is, is that best for the ministry? There's a couple across the street from me that is inviting me into a space to have any kind of relationship with their kid already when they come, Hey, go to uncle Dale neighbors. What am I going to do with that? I can go to a better place that suits me. It's fancier, nicer, less stress, all of those things. Right. Cause a less stressed version of you will be the best version of, you No, it just makes you more lazy. Like work, you out of the habit. You out of the habit of the work that just comes from grinding. And so then now, because that a little bit, as much as we try to say that we reject it, I get now it just, it was becoming clear. The Lord was like, you see, lay out see it. This is why I said it. Cause you try to find the middle and you, that's like, I got the American dream and I got the Lord's will. And I'm going to try to marry them together. And the Lord says, <laughs> you know, that's, this is the gross biscuit. I don't want this, <laughs> you know? And so listen, I'm, we're not going down. It's not rocket science. I'm just, I, I'm hoping it is my prayer this morning that it just punches you in the face. I don't want to punch any of you in the face because I love your faces. But if this message will punch you in the face so that you will be about it, so then you will seek joy, then amen. Praise the Lord. Because we got to have fruit. Listen, I'm, I don't need to grow this class for my own benefit. There are people that very much need the gospel in our lives. We got people, man, that are wrestling with just even coming back. Because the focus is COVID. The focus is that whatever it is, Right. Like, that's not okay. And so the next key point is this. We must seek the Lord in prayer first. Like, first. Notice in Luke 15, 4, he says, if he lose one of them and doth not leave the 99 and not, and go after. Man, that's how you go after the loss is by prayer. I don't want you to just go after them and then like you start bludgeoning them over the head with some Bible truth. And then you don't, you kind of messed up your references. And then you said, you know, Romans 10, 9 and 10, but you know, after you said, you know, 623, I mean, you just got it all. It's just all crazy in your head. You're like, I don't know what to do. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying first, listen, this is what I want you to do. This punch in the face is about your prayer life. And the prayer life that you're going to ask faith fellowship to engage in. Is it evangelistic? We very much need to hear about whatever is going on that is troubling you. I want to know that. As the shepherd of this class, I want to know that. But you know what I want to hear more? You know, when I get excited is when you say something about somebody that don't have gospel truth. That is living crazy driving you crazy, driving themselves crazy. And what they need is to be a part of this family. That's when I get the most excited. I want you to experience what I, that <laughs> sweaty palms feeling of what you're about to do. And I was so, man, when that Zoom popped up, because at first it was just me and Angela, 
And then I see Marlene showed up and Letty, the joy in me was through the roof. Cause remember, what did I tell y'all? So we say this, we praying for her brother has COVID. It's not going well, gets on a ventilator, ends up, ends up in a coma, comes out of the coma, dies. In between the times that we meet. So in my head, the faithlessness in my head was Marlene won't be there because she's dealing with the grief of her brother. She was there because we prayed. Do you see what I'm saying? Your prayers are not suggestions to God. Are you asking on, beh on behalf of the soul of that individual that very much needs transformation? And listen, stop with the timeline in your head that says that because I asked once that now the Lord should just deliver. Because part of it is he wants to see how committed you are to that individual. They're in your life. And he'll let them <laughs> drive you crazy. Why? Because it drives you to your knees. So don't let their craziness drive you there. Go there because you know they need you to be there. You got to be on your knees for these people. They don't have anything. They are going to hell. If the Lord says today is the day, they're gone. There's a ton of our family that's going. I don't want them to just know that I'm busy. I don't want them to just see that or just to miss, you know, think that I'm a part of some cult. No, what I'm doing is because of the gospel of Jesus. So absolutely, we will pray for Jordan. Because it's not okay for her mom to be as faithful as she is. Be a Bible study leader. For her to just phone it in. She is watching it happen in her own home. It's not okay. It troubles me when the kids of Faith Fellowship are not following their parents. This is not a small matter. So I like that that was your one. So guess what? Next week, or maybe if I shut up in enough time and we get to pray, then your one should be your kids. Because if your kids are driving you crazy right now, we, we need to beg God on their behalf. If they're not saved, we need to beg God on their behalf. If they need to move forward in mentorship or discipleship, we need to beg God on their behalf. We're not playing games here. The things that we do in terms of our prayer, heaven is waiting for us to lift up our voices. And what we say is, help me get a new mate. For what? So that you can now have this person that's going to eventually just get you out of church, out of Bible study, out of fellowship. Why make you better and healthier if you're just still going to do nothing? Your health improvement should be because you are going to be an agent for change. Like you've been called to do. Remember, the Lord is not suggesting that you should be an ambassador. He said that's what you are. Man, listen, I, you know, you guys know I love you. And I, 
I hate if, if this feels like, you know, like you feel a way about what I'm saying, like it's causing any division between, but man, I got to be honest. We can't be playing around. And I think we are. I think I am. Colossians 4, 3, you know, with all praying also for us that God will open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. If Paul, a faithful man, a faithful believer can ask for this, then perhaps your prayer request should also have this, that we would stand with you in the gap to make sure that that's taking place. For that husband, that wife, that ex that you still have a relationship with, you have to deal with because you have children, they need the gospel. Yeah, I'm praying for your, that utterance. But listen, you, you need to also join me in that because that's your spear. Don't listen. Don't let somebody else take your sheep. Faith fellowship is, is mine in a sense, right? Ultimately, it's the Lord's. But he said, Dale, you're the shepherd of them. So I have to lead you in a particular way. And the thing that I'm wanting to see happening is that you have fruit. I am not interested in just having to teach to you every Sunday just so you can hear me teach or that I get the practice. That's terrible. Terrible. I can definitely find something better to do with my time than do that if that's what I'm going to do. But that's not the goal. The goal is that we will actually do something about our faith, live it out, and then speak it out. Hey guys, it starts with prayer. Be committed to this until the Lord responds. Until you see change, then your job title then will be, I will pray until the Lord answers in this matter. And once that access has been granted to you, then be ready to be bold. That's the other side of this is like you have, there's a, there is a moving forward with this that has to take place. It can't just simply be that now, okay, I prayed this and then you see the on-ramp come and then you go, oh, I missed it because I was afraid. And well, I didn't want to, because I, well, man, listen, get equipped. I don't, I mean, there are tracks there's Brian Clark's uh, gospel course. There are, I mean, you memorize first Corinthians 15, three and four. I mean, just look, go to Romans road, whatever you got to do, like be armed to the teeth, be ready. And last, last point. Rejoice and give testimony of what God has done. Listen, here's the thing. This joy that they're talking about is because these people have a kingdom agenda. That's the only time you can have joy like that. You realize that, right? There's something so special about the fact that when you're praying and you're seeing even incremental move, movement. So, okay, the Dallas Bible study, Marlene didn't maybe say, what must I do to be saved? Letty didn't say, what must I do to be saved? But they heard the gospel. So seeds have been planted. She showed up. So that means the Lord answered our prayer just that we said that she would show up in a bit of difficulty. Once she mentioned it, that it, it brought tears to her eyes. These wounds are fresh. 
And yet she was still there ready to hear what it was that God had for her. And we now we just did, you know, pretty much lesson three <laughs> baptism. This clarifies it's such a good lesson. But I, you know, obviously I changed it a little bit, but we just covered that and trying to make it clear and understand salvation before baptism. Just the idea of that for her and then going back, okay, how does this relate to in Nicodemus? Do you see what's really taking place? Yeah, I do see that. Okay. It's because you prayed. And there is something about this testimony I, I, I want you to understand. Look at this verse, man. Tear me up. And finally, in one five, he says, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation like it comforts us in thy love. Because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Is that how you feel about when we have people come to Christ? Maybe you don't feel that way because that hasn't happened for you yet. Because you haven't been a part of it. Man, I'm, listen. Uh, the gospel work in uh, MBT is not just the job of Kaya. You know, the only difference between them and every other fellowship is they do it. That's the difference. They share the gospel. That's the difference. And they just do it over and over and over and over. And eventually, being somebody goes, I'm in. I, I got to have this. And so now perhaps it is that, you know, we've said each one reach one and you've been thinking, okay, I want to do that. And so you started that process and yet the Lord hasn't yet delivered on that fruit, man, just stick with it. Stick with it. I want this joy that is mentioned here in verse three to be something that you understand. You're not trying to make it. If your life ended the day, you made it as far as the Lord wanted you to make it. You see what I'm saying? So you don't, you actually don't need to worry about that part. What you want to do is between A and B, if B is death and A is life, what's happening between A and B? What are you doing? Why, what is your cause? Is it because of, the, of, of what happened at Calvary for you? Is it because of the joy that you see that I know that there's a celebration in heaven over, over this one. Man, I, I'm, I'm begging you. If the Lord can use a murderer, a scatterer, to have people take root, and then, based off of his faithfulness and what it was that he was called to do, bring great joy to a group of people that otherwise would not have cared. They care greatly. And so, man, I, 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 my prayer is this, that you would care as much, that you would consider in your own heart, that you would reevaluate what your cause is. I think that's going to help with whether or not people are late to ministry service or if they sign up for this, that, and the other, I, I, you know, I'm going to Tampa. I'm going to Tampa. 
And so whatever happens here in terms of fall festival, I will not be able to do. So somebody will actually have to step up. But I, but I get that if you're just looking at, oh man, I don't want to have to be making hot chocolate and popcorn all night and da da da. The neighborhood has been invited and will be in our parking lot. So is there any opportunity with your hot chocolate and popcorn that perhaps an invitation to your Bible study could take place? That an invitation to faith fellowship or Sunday, or that maybe that you've just taken a break and you move to the side and then you start asking more questions and the Lord says, on ramp's coming. And now you get a chance at the gospel. I see why some of the events we have become optional because you don't really know why we haven't. You see what I'm saying? What's your cause? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do just pray that we will consider, um, Lord, and just be grateful, first off, just within us of what has taken place at Calvary for us. But then, Lord, I, I just pray, help us to just kind of, uh, we need to do a, a spring cleaning of, of the way our minds are just cluttered with worry and concern and this distraction and that distraction. Lord, I, one, we need to do a cleanup. Two, I think the next thing that we need to do is really reevaluate why it is that what you've called us to. I mean, it's pretty clear the Bible says unto good works, and but still sometimes people kind of, are a little unsure on that. And so, Father, I pray in the coming days and months, just as people are asking these questions that, Lord, they will get an answer. But then also, Lord, I pray that we would see ourselves already. We have already been shepherds. We don't have to wait for a church to give us a title. We already have to steward a lot. And Lord, I'm guilty of mishandling the things that you have given me and trusted me with, the people that have come in and out of my life. Father, help me as a shepherd of this group change anew and afresh so that they might have an example to follow. And then, Lord, I pray for this group that they would do the same, that those family members, those neighbors, those coworkers, uh, those children, those spouses, whomever it may be, the strangers, the friendly faces, the person that knows them by name because they get coffee from the same place. Lord, I just pray, help us to steward that properly. That one, we could recognize that you have entrusted us with these individuals. And then that, Lord, we could see when one of them goes astray, one, one of them's not in the pen, that, Lord, it would drive us to prayer. And so, Father, Lord, help us. We want fruit. We don't want to try to blend the American dream and your will together. Lord, we know that that is distasteful to you. Father, help us to have fruit. Lord, show us who are those people in our lives. Break our hearts for the loss that we might have great joy, Lord, when they are added to you. Lord, thank you just for the heart, the example that you have given Brother Paul and, and Barnabas. Thank you that you, we can see that a, a, a torrid past does not have to be your future and that where he scattered, Lord, he could, he could give roots. Well, thank you for that, Lord. It is in you and you only that we ask these things, Lord. You're the only one that can do anything about it.
And so, Father, be with us. Help us to grab a hold of the truth that you have laid before us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.